started back in October, four things to know about your faith. And um, we do other things on Wednesday night as well. But this is actually part four. It's supposed to be a one-time deal, but it turned into something else, you know. So really, just had it in my heart. We're living in a time that the greatest, um, the greatest asset you're going to have is faith. It's not going to be money. Uh, it's not going to be your prestige. It's going to be your faith. And uh, I've lived long enough in life now, I'll tell you, if you've got faith, you, you can make it through anything. You, make, you can make it through physical challenges, financial challenges, circumstantial challenges, emotional challenges, mental challenges, relational challenges. If you have faith in God, you'll overcome. I got a sneeze, can I get an amen? Thank you. So... <laughs> That was really good. God expects us to walk and live by faith. And, you know, I've lived this long enough, you know, uh, when you start out preaching the word, just preach the word by faith, you know. You don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of uh, personal anecdotes. But then as you age and grow, and I've been in this for 45 plus years, and now I can, I've got proof. You know, start out with, I just had the proof God honors his word. If God said it in his book, you can believe it. And uh, I had other people that said it, but as I started living life and it applied to my own life, I had my own personal stories of time after time after time, God getting you through a mess, getting you through a test, getting you through a financial challenge like I mentioned, or a physical challenge, or a circumstantial challenge, an emotional challenge, a mental challenge, a relational challenge. We all have challenges, right? Life is full of challenges in a fallen world. And God expects faith to answer the door every time. So there'll never be a time in life that we don't need faith either for ourselves or for someone else. So a smart person spiritually will always be developing their faith. And here's the skinny about faith is just like muscles. If you don't keep your muscles up, they atrophy. Yes or no? I broke my arm in 2013 riding my bike and I had to keep my arm in a sling you know, for six weeks, a couple of months, and uh, took that thing out and had to go to a physical therapist because my, my muscles lost their elasticity and their strength, and I could hardly even raise my arm. I mean, the rotator cuff muscles just quit working, and I had to crawl my fingers, you know, and all that, and uh, that's tough. And, um, and, and then I had to build the strength back. Now the strength is back even more than before, but that, that's the way it is. I also ride a bicycle. You hear me talk about it all the time. But you know what? If you don't keep that going, you atrophy really quickly. I took a 36-mile ride last Friday, and I hadn't in a while because of my circumstances and sometimes the weather. And uh, I got on there and finished the 36 miles. And used to, I could just pump it out. And boy, it's like, <clears throat> I feel something right here. Something's getting on my back. What is this? It just felt tough. Well, you know why atrophy? And see, your faith is that same way. It's just like the muscles and your, it's just like your physical exercise and stuff. You've got to keep those regimens going if you want to stay strong and agile. So uh, faith is exactly the same way, y'all. You, 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 it's not like, well, I got my faith quote. I got my faith all built up, so that's all I need. No, 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 no. No, you've got to keep it going. You've got to keep it built up, right? It's just like eating. If you used to eat well and you don't eat well now, well, you could, you could have some physical problems, right? So you just got to keep some things, you just got to keep going. So that's the way faith is. God expects our faith to uh, answer the challenges and situations of life. I've mentioned this in the past, try to hurry through some of this. God does not respond to need, he responds to faith. A lot of people don't understand that, but he has to be that way so he can be fair to everyone. And with um, almost 8 billion people on the planet, there's a, there's a lot of need right there. 
And see, you think that God, because he loves everybody, he meets everybody's need. But the way it has to be is he responds to our faith. And Smith Wigglesworth said it best, it seems as though God will pass over a million people just to get to you. It is it is amazing how that works out. So um, uh, God does not respond to need. He responds to faith. Every child of God can defeat the world. First John 5, 4, contemporary English version. Our faith is what gives us the victory, I really like that. Ephesians six sixteen, the living Bible, in every battle you'll need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. It's very plain. First Timothy six twelve, fight, the good fight of faith. We get our word agony from that word fight. Agonize the good agony. What does that bespeak? That bespeaks challenge, difficulty, hardship. Fight the good fight. You gotta set your jaw. And be determined, I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to stop. You know, life is good not to the people who are the smartest or the wisest. Life is good to the people who don't quit. So you may feel, may feel like you're not born with what everybody else has got. But if you've got a stick to it tenacity, you can make it through every hardship. Yes or no? Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by what we believe, not by what we can see. And uh, J. Oswald Sanders, uh, if you read, find any of his books, he died in 1992, but his, work, his uh, books are awesome. They will feed you spiritually. He said this, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. So we've talked about their four principles that we want to remember about faith. I've talked about faith is a heart issue. We looked at Mark 11, 22 through 25, where Jesus said, have faith in God. If you speak to a mountain, say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the seas using a mountain as any circumstance in life that is in your way. It's a challenge, an insurmountable, it seems, challenge. Jesus said all things are possible, however, to him who believes. So he typified that by saying, if you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And that's the very mountain that Jesus is going to land on when he comes back his second coming. And it really is going to split <laughs> and become a flat plane. That is amazing. So uh, anyway, um, but believes those things he says will be done. He'll have what he says. Therefore, I say, whatever things, whoever you ask when you pray, Mark eleven twenty four, believe you receive them and you'll have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So faith is a heart issue. We talked about, um, you know, relational issues. You got to make sure you forgive others. I don't care what somebody does to us, what they say about us. If God can forgive us and we expect him to forgive us of all of our indiscretions, then how can we hold on to even one thing somebody says or does against us, right? So, you know, I, I regularly, you know, if somebody keeps coming up to my mind or I look at somebody and I got a little twitch, I say, okay, God, let's talk. Have I, have I dealt with that? Do I need to deal with that? Do I need to forgive? Forgiveness is a thing by faith, right? And, and you, you say it out loud, Lord, I choose by faith to forgive so-and-so. You might, be, you might feel mean as a snake towards them, but you say, I love them and I forgive them, in, right? In Jesus' name. And you say, Lord, I, <laughs> I say it slow, that's right. And you just gotta go there. So faith is a hard issue. Open-ended relationships can be an issue. Faith works in, best in an environment of love. We talked about all these things. Our view of God can also hinder our faith, so we've gotta have a heart connection with the Lord. 
And that's why unconfessed sin. You're doing something you know is wrong and you don't repent of it, see, that hinders our faith because faith is a relationship, right? So a second thing we mentioned, faith is unreasonable to the natural mind. We uh, concentrated one week on the word doubt. And the word doubt really means to have all kinds of varying ways things can work out. I had you put your hands out and each finger represents a way something could work out. And then uh, a person that doubts, will it, will it be this, 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 this? And they got all these things. But a person of faith hones in on one thing, the word. God promised, and that's all that matters, and you put everything out of the way. So we talked about that in fair detail. All of this is online. My notes are online. I even put in the notes the dates that I taught these various things just to help you. Uh, number three, faith is always present tense. And we, uh, last time we spoke, we talked about that in fair detail. Uh, Hebrews 11, one now, now, years ago, uh, I forgot, it, was, it wasn't Kenneth Hagin or somebody else. They constantly said it. Oh, as Fred Price came to our church in 1977. He lived in Los Angeles, California. He came to Florence, South Carolina. And I knew he, boy, I mean, he was, he was trimmed to perfection. I mean, his suit was just right. I mean, he was perfect. Every hair was in place. He walked stately upright, boy. And I'll never forget, he said, now faith is, now. If it's not now, it's not faith. And boy, it got me really strong. So uh, we talked about faith always being present tense. And uh, we went into fair detail, and I don't have time to go there again tonight. But we looked at Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you will have. Believe you receive. Oh, we got lots of different translations in the notes. Today, I want to hone in on the last thing that's really important. If you're going to keep your faith working really strong. And y'all, I can't encourage you enough. I know you're listening to me. I can't tell you how important it is not just to listen. If you don't put this to practice, you're going to pay a dear price in life. Do you hear what I just said? Y'all, I've been in this a long time. And you do, I've seen people pay a price. And sometimes I hang my head. By myself, I never do it in front of other people. I say, God, it didn't have to be that way. But a lot of times people have faith strong at one point in their life, but, and, and, then, and then they let, let down their guard. And when they let down the guard, the enemy comes in. And friends, you can't, uh, you, you can't afford to let your guard down. If you're in the military, got, you know, here's a military man over here with Santa hat on. I mean, you know, you got to be ready all the time, right? You got to be ready when you're sleeping. I mean, and, you know, if you're not, the enemy will take advantage of you. And that's what the enemy does to a lot of people. So for me, tonight I want to hone in on number four, which is faith must be nurtured regularly. Everybody say regularly. By meditation in the Word. I, you know, that sounds so simplistic, but that's something you have got to practice every day. So, again, our flesh and our culture tells us to believe only what we see. Our mind is programmed to believe. And you hear people say, well, I see if I believe it. I believe it if I see it. I believe it when I see it. Well, that's not what God told us to do. He told us to do it backwards. He told us to believe it before we see it and act like we have it before we could touch it. So it's counterintuitive. So spiritual things, again, walking with God is counterintuitive. He tells you to love your enemies. He said, if you want to be a leader, be the servant to everybody. And he says, if you, if you want to have faith, you got to believe in things you can't see and act like there's your, yours when it looks like they will never come. How many hear what I'm saying? So 
can you believe his question? Can you believe God for something that you can't see or feel and be excited about it until it arrives? Okay, so sickness hits your body. You got symptoms of COVID, okay? Or you got symptoms of some other malady attaching itself to some organ of your body or some system of your body. Can you pray and ask God to heal you and stand your ground while the symptoms are hollering at you? It ain't working. It ain't working. You're going to die. I've had all of that happen. And, uh, you know, can, can you smile through it? Or the circumstance looks bad, or it looks like the finances aren't coming in this time. This time, and you got an unforeseen bill that comes, you know. The, something breaks down, and it's quite expensive item, yada, yada. What, do you have the faith? You say, well, that ain't going to happen to me. Well, just hang around a while. You'll find out. Somebody says that, they're not very old. You get a little bit older, you find out all of these things happen to all of us with regularity. So, you know, for me, I have found the most important thing for me is, is keep my faith strong, seriously. And, you know, it, it, it's not that it's hard to do, but the challenge is keeping it every single day. You hear me? And it's the things you do every day. Me, um, you know, I'm kind of like a systems person. I got a lot going on in my life, pastor in this church and you know, I got my family, I got my children, I got my grandchildren, and, you know, I got all this stuff to be involved with. So here's the way I think about me. There's certain things that are really important to me. Uh, Jesus is important to me. Uh, my spiritual life's important to me. And the woman sitting back there in the back, hey, Susan, is really important to me. Uh, my children are really important to me. My grandchildren are really important. You're really important to me. Uh, but there's certain things I've got to do every day. If, if I'm going to keep my mental and emotional equilibrium and then keep my physical strength. Physical strength starts inside. If you don't have mental and emotional stability, you can't keep your physical strength. Yes or no? A lot of he men have fallen out. And he women, or she women, I don't know how to call it. Maybe I'm the <laughs> You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about body. You, you can look really physically agile and strong, but you know, if you're not strong inside, you're not strong. You know, I've seen a few people in my life, they ain't got a muscle on their bones, but I'm telling you, they can whoop about everybody around them because it's inside of them, you know. Like those little tiny dogs. What do you call them, chihuahua? Those little dogs. Now, I hope you, if you got one, I love chihuahuas, I guess. But they're bigger than their britches. They are bigger than their britches and they're bigger than their body. And they'll go up, I don't care how big the dog is, and just yap away because that's inside. And see, you got to be that way with the circumstances of life. you got to have enough yap in you. I don't care what the devil comes at you with. You're going to whoop that. You and Jesus are going to whoop it. You're a majority. Is that true? Seriously, listen, you don't ever. And see, that's where I am. I can't ever get so busy. Uh, that I let circumstances get inside of me because I, I lead this organization right here. If I go down, this organization goes down and the devil knows that. So for me, I just make sure I take care of basic things. I need to rest. I need to eat. I need to exercise. I need to have relationships. I need to relate to God, to my wife, to all these people. I make sure I have the bases covered. And if I get slack, I have to, you know, somebody needs to tell me, hey, son, you doing all right? You know, you need to have somebody speak in your ear when they need to. And I do have those people in my life. So I want to encourage us. So some of the, the basic foundation for life for us on a, in a fallen world, keep your faith up. How many hear me? 
Now, some people say they hear me, but they don't do this. You, you got to go home and do this. So let me show you how to do it. So um, let me also say faith, uh, faith has to be constantly fed and, and it should be constantly growing. So if my faith is not stronger this year than it was last year, something's wrong with me. Uh, but the challenge is, the other challenge with faith, because it's like a muscle, it, it's, it's never the same any two days of your life. And if you let up just a little bit, you let off the gas just a little bit, it'll slow down. And you won't be able to trust like you did at one time. So, so see, I know that about me. So there's certain things I've done over the years, and so far it's worked well. I want to let you in on what I do. So uh, yesterday's faith will not do for today. Well, you got to have today's. Let me tell you a story. Um, where do I want to insert this story? Uh, I guess right now. So uh, this is probably mid-80s, 85, 86. Had lunch with somebody today and she happened to share this story. I didn't realize I'd be sharing it tonight, but here we are. Um, but Susan and I were living in Tulsa. I think we had um, at least one shot. Jonathan was born in 84, Sarah 86. Sorry, Sarah, told on you. And... Um, Anyway, we lived in Tulsa, and uh, and I was and cassette tapes were in vogue then. But I, and I always listen. I listened to cassette tapes when I went to bed. I had a cassette tape player, a little mini one. I'd plug that thing in, and uh, if Susan wanted to hear it, didn't want to hear it. I stuck a little ear ear earpiece in to listen to it, and I'm constantly listening. And, and so if Susan wants to talk, I pull that thing out because bad husband is the husband listening to something while the wife's talking. Uh, anyway. So I'm listening to the word in my vehicle all the time. If I'm walking, I had one of those uh, Walkman, whatever you call it. That was back, that dates it, right? If you remember that, you old. So you know, had one of the, but I'm just saying, I constantly had an, I ingested the word on a constant basis. But uh, uh, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. He constantly had seminars in the 80s. His heyday for his ministry was in the 80s. The rhema got really big then, his, his Bible school. It was really popular. The books were selling a lot there and all that. Very, very popular faith movement, as they call it, was really strong going at the time. But he shocked me one day. And, and y'all, I mean, sometimes somebody will say something and it gets your attention. It, it obsesses you. And what he said obsessed me. That means I couldn't quit thinking about what that man said. And, you know, he's, he's one of my, not the only, but one of my mentors in the Lord was Kenneth Hagin. Uh, I wept deeply when he died because I, I love that man in my heart, uh, even though I just met him a couple of times and I'd been a student there. But nonetheless, here's what he said. He said uh, he was pastoring a church, and this had to be in the 40s. He pastored a church for 12 years before he went into the ministry that he had that became international. And, uh, you know, he was healed in 1934 of an incurable heart ailment and a blood disease. The Mayo Clinic said, the doctors there said, you have to die. You can't live. And that's what they told him. You have to die. You can't live as you age. Your heart won't be able to sustain your body. You'll die. He, they, they said, you'll get paralyzed and then you'll die. And at 16 years of age, he was paralyzed from the waist down. So... Anyway, um, don't have, anyway, he, he learned to believe God and learned to exercise faith, got healed. But, but the ensuing years as he got into ministry, if you listen to him, you got to listen to him closely enough uh, to, to hear between the lines of what happened. He said he was uh, pastoring his church and heart symptoms would come back on occasion. And all through his ministry, he said these heart symptoms would come rearing back. Just because you're healed doesn't mean that the enemy won't come with a counterattack. 
And that's what you've got to be aware of. The enemy heals you, sets you free physically. Uh, that doesn't mean the battle's over. That means you stand your ground and you don't ever let go. And the moment any twinge or sense of anything comes, you say, uh-uh, God did that, it's done, and I'm not going to take it back. You take that FedEx package and go back to hell where it belongs, not on my doorstep. So, anyway, is that okay? So he said he was pastoring his church, and he said alarming heart symptoms came back. And they were really strong. And the enemy's saying, well, here you are, buddy. It's going to get you again, you know, so to speak. And here's what he said now. He said, I'd been in the Word, and I'd been meditating in the Word, and, and I... You know, I stood my ground and it left. But the next sentence shocked me. This is what obsessed me. He said, if this had happened, I couldn't believe he said, if it had happened a month before, he said, I, I, I'm not sure whether or not I would have weathered the storm. Whoa. I listen. Now, if I had ears like a dog, I was tuned in, boy, or like a horse, you know. And he said, the month before, I was so busy with my church. I let up on my word time, my meditating time. Does that shock you? Now that shocked me. And it sobered me up big. So, you know, I would never equate myself with a great man of God like Kenneth Hagin, you know, and particularly in my 20s. And boy, that shocked me. I said, wow. And obviously, what's the inference? Well, that can happen to him, it'll happen to me. So, you know, I'm in my 20s. How can... How can I keep that from happening to me? And it showed me, he, when I get to heaven, I, I just want to say, uh, Mr. Hagen, can we talk a minute? And, and I want to tell him what he said, what he said and how indelibly it printed me. So beginning then, y'all, I made sure every day I got in the word on faith. And I've been doing this for decades now. I've been doing this since the 1980s, what I'm about to tell you. I take time every day single day, trying to get my thing to open back up, to meditate on the Word. Uh, if you feel like your faith is not sufficient, and here's how you, uh, to stand against the issues you're dealing with. I don't care if it's physical, if it's circumstantial, it could be financial, whatever. If you feel like you're about to drown, or you're going down, or I don't know, and you just, just feel the anxiety rising, that is a telltale sign that your faith needs to be built up. You know, um, when I went on that long bike ride last um, Friday, I've done that enough to know I better put some carbohydrates in this little body of mine because I get halfway down and I lose my leg. I call it losing my legs. I can't go. I lose all my strength and feel like I'm about to faint. So if you go that long, you know. So before I went, I ate a big breakfast, you know, eggs and grits and, you know, had some sausage and, you know, had a big old piece of toast. Actually, I, had a, I don't usually eat waffles. I said, I need some whopping calories. Let's go. Some carbohydrates. So, uh, you know, but I got in there and I was, uh, took a banana with me. Why? Because you don't want to lose your, 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 in, your, your, your push in the middle of the fight, right? So, see, faith is exactly the same way. You've got to make sure you got the push. So if you're ever in a circumstance and you start to feel real down, like, and, and you have these fear thoughts, like, I wonder if I'm going to make it. See, it gets quiet, right? You've had those things, right? I wonder if this time it's going to work out. See, see, that's a telltale sign. You need to get your nose in the Word. You see it? So, see, I don't, I've been there, 
And you know, like me, if you're, I mean, I got to leave this place. And uh, I can't afford to get there because ketchup is really hard to do. Did you know it? Uh, Physically, ketchup's a challenge, isn't it? Isn't it? To let yourself go. You know, I was in the hospital for nine days in 2004 in the bed because my appendix burst and I had terrible infections in my abdomen. And uh, it's terrible. I lost 20 pounds in nine days. And uh, I was gaunt, white, white as a sheet. I don't know I'm white now, but I'm white as a sheet then. And uh, I, lost my, I, lost my, I lost my physical energy. I went out, I thought, well, I got home, said, well, I'm going to go walk me a mile. Because, you know, I said, well, I'm going to go for a walk and eventually I'll jog. I got out my door. I shut the door behind me, walked down my steps, got on the sidewalk. I wasn't an eighth of a mile from my house. I lost my legs. I couldn't hardly walk. I thought I was going to fall down on the ground and faint. I said, God, how dumb am I? How stupid am I? I turned my teller and said, God, just please let me get home. I'll crawl up the steps of a God, just let me get home. I got home and I just had to stay home long enough to get my strength back. You get it? Now, you can do the same thing spiritually. Did you hear me? So if you're fighting a, a, a battle of any kind, if it's a circumstance that's, that's challenging every day, maybe you've got a relational issue and it's wearing on you, that takes spiritual energy to deal with that. Yes or no? Or, or, you know, for instance, let's say if you're in ministry, you know, just doing what I do here, that takes energy. I do two podcasts a week, a blog every day. I got, a, I got two messages a week generally. I got to stay ahead. And, um, and when I minister, I can tell something. When I do those podcasts, for instance, you know, you, they're usually about 25 minutes or so right now. When I finish, I can tell something left me. When I preach on Sunday mornings, I feel like a noodle. It's like, hmm, what happened to me? You know, inside me feels depleted. And I got to get built back up again. Does that make sense? Living life, you lose something. So every day you got to build your faith up. So uh, anyway, you got to meditate in the word to do that. There is no, there's no shortcuts. And we're all about shortcuts and saving time. There's no way to save time doing this. If you don't spend the time, it's not going to happen. Keep yourself built up inside. Have I said that plainly enough? I need to feel like I, I have an impression from the Holy Ghost. Say this one more time, maybe a different way. If you feel beleaguered and you feel down and you wonder, and you're unil, if you're ill at ease, it's a telltale sign. You need to build yourself up inside. Do you get that? So, so again, one thing God said to me back in the early 80s, he told me to get up early. And I knew when he said it the rest of my life. So all of my life, I've been, I was not an early riser. I did not like morning. You know, I just soon sleep and just barely get to work and whatever. But God said, get up early and spend the first portion of your day with me every day. That is probably the best thing God's ever said to me because it made the most difference in my life. If I hadn't have done that, I do not think I'd be here today because things happen and things uh, or waits to you. Have you noticed people don't always treat you nice? <laughs> Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that people that you trust sometimes let you down? Have, have you noticed that things that you expected to happen failed to materialize? Have you had that happen to you? Have you had deep disappointments in life? Well, there'll be some more. There'll be some more. 
So what are you going to do with them? So what can you do? The best thing to do is keep yourself built up inside because you want your faith to answer every challenge that comes, right? I feel like I'm talking. Y'all, y'all hearing this? So this is fundamental basic. A kid can understand this, but it's a challenge to practice it every day. So I have found a way to keep this regimented in my life, keeping the word, meditating in the word, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, Mark 4, 24, Amplified. Be careful what you're hearing. I'd say the number one problem people have today is this thing right here in my hand. If you're listening to me on audio, I got a, a phone in my hand. That phone right there, those video apparatus on there, you know what I'm talking about? They're going to take all your time. If you let that t- take all your time, you're a fool. And the devil saying, look at another one. Look at another one. Look at another one. And if you give all your time to this thing right here, you're not going to have any faith. That right there, it'll take your faith away. Yes or no? So you got to take some time to get into work. Be careful what you're hearing. I don't listen to TV programs. I don't listen to sitcoms. I don't listen to podcasts. And I don't listen to news broadcasts to take faith out of me. I don't read articles. I don't read magazines. I don't care who wrote it. That takes faith out of me. Because I'm trying all I can do to get it put in me. Why do I want to let somebody take it out? So be careful what you're hearing. I, I won't listen. I don't care if the movie's good. If it's all based on unbelief and doubt and pessimism, I ain't watching that movie. There's enough of that around me without watching that movie. I'm dumb. If we put my two eyeballs on that and my two ear gates on that, I'm dumb. Because I got a faith fight today. I got one tomorrow. I got one next week. Right? Be careful what you hear. Watch. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And then he said, this amplifies, and more besides will be given to you who hear. If you listen, put it into practice, you'll get more. But if you listen and forget, you'll forget what you listen to. Somebody said this years ago, if you'll feed your heart fakes when you think you don't need it, your heart will feed you fakes when you do. Did you get that? If you'll feed your heart fakes when you don't need it at the moment, you're like canning. My mama can, she can 150 uh, quart jars of green beans every summer and fill up the freezer with, with uh, you know, all, all the vegetables that you can imagine. And, you know, you can imagine most of them. I'm starting to say some you can't imagine, but you can imagine most of these, peas and butter beans and all that, tomato and squash. So, uh, you know, canning, so you're canning. And you always need to do it. So again, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let's take a test. All right, right now, while I'm talking, can you come up with five scriptures that you could quote verbatim? Come on, one, can you get one? Can you get one? Three, six, John 3.16, you know that? You get one? Can you get another one? Come on. Can you get a third one? How about a fourth one? 
I see. Oh, now, now it's slimming down. How about a fifth one? Huh? Okay, let's do it a different way. Uh, c- can you come up with scripture about divine healing? Can you get one? C- can you get two? Can you come up with five? How about scriptures on, on faith? Confidence in God's word. Can you come up with one? Two? See? See, so take that kind of, if you can't work on it. So let me tell you what I did. I did this years ago. I, I, this right here, what I'm about to tell you, this is how I live. It's simplistic. You, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care. Because this right here, what I'm about to tell you is taking me through physical challenges where the devil told me I'm going to die. Uh, circumstantial things where I was all alone and there was nobody to help me. And I'm away from home. I'm on missions trips. I'm in other countries and there's nobody to help me and and I'm feeling awful. I can't tell you how bad. And the only thing I had was God and his word. Oh yeah, I had some people around me but it ain't the same when you don't have somebody you know really well. You hear what I'm saying? And I learned that God and his word, they'll stick to you like glue if you'll get it in you. And it'll set you free and help you. Um, I mentioned this, this today again, uh, 1979, the last day of February. A pastor, and you've heard me say this before, but it fits in the context. Um, I was praying, and I, I come up with this and challenges here. I don't know what it is, but God showed me there's something going on. He wouldn't tell. You know, God won't tell other people's business to you. Now, you might feel it, but he won't tell you often. So I went in his office as a novice and said, Pastor, and I told him what I felt. Now, that was a big mistake on my part, and I didn't know I shouldn't do that. And he chewed me out, and he chewed me up and spit me out and then had five witnesses on the couch watching and told me I was in rebellion practicing witchcraft and would be on my road to hell in five years. Then they called Susan and told her not to marry me because she was my fiance. Is that true, Susan? Yeah. Now, what do you think that did to me? Uh, Psychologists would call it something, but I'm telling you, it it, it, it made me jittery mentally and emotionally, and I felt ill at ease. My whole world came. Everything I trusted in came. I was going to that man's Bible school. Uh, He was my pastor. He was my mentor. I trusted him. And he crushed my heart. And you know what kept me? The word of God kept me. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. The devil said, you're going to lose your mind. Because my emotions are all a mess. It made me feel isolated and alone. Like nobody cared. I thought the whole school was against me. I thought the whole advisory board of the church was against me. I thought all my friends were against me. The praise and worship leader, he's singing. I figured he had one eye looking at me. Man, but I wouldn't tell anybody because love won't tell on people. If you tell others problems, you're not loving. And I never told anybody. I told Susan, told my mama, told one friend. And then I just kind of, and you know what kept me? The word, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height nor depth nor any other created thing is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
And you know, although it was sin for that pastor to do what he did to me because I wasn't in witchcraft. I wasn't following the devil. I wasn't in rebellion. I was concerned for my church. This man eventually lost his ministry. It took 10 years. God's mercy will take you a long way. But that taught me a big lesson. And you know, I know it sounds weird. I'm kind of glad that happened because it taught me it taught me the power of the word of God. You know, when my appendix burst in, y'all okay? When my appendix burst in 2004 and I was in the Fulton Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, it's an old hospital and it smelled old and it was bleak. And I had a guy on the other side of the hall. You remember that, Susan? Something was wrong with the guy's mind. And all night long, all I could hear was, Somebody help me all night long. I said, Jesus, please put a cork in his mouth. Because <laughs> if you don't, I think I will. <laughs> you got to have a nurse do it if you can't. It drove me. I said, Jesus, help me. You know. But all night, you know, when you're going through a challenge, guess what? Nights are hard. Is that true? And man, nights, the devil will come. He'd come in the room. Or he'd send one of his imps in his place. And he'd say stuff like, you know, you're going to die. Because when they took my, my ruptured appendix out of me, orthoscopically, she, the doctor came up to me and she said, uh, well, you know, your appendix had already fallen off into your body. And she said, when I took that thing out, it was carcinoidous. That means it looked like it had cancer all over it. So we're going to do some tests we're going to see if you got cancer. We may have to take part of your intestines out. Now, that's not a real great thing to think about when you're laying on your back. So every night, Susan's in the room. She, she flew down there. Every night, about 2 o'clock, somewhere between 1.30, 2 o'clock, I'd wake up, and all I could hear was what she said. And then I would hear, hey, going to cut all your intestines out. You're going to have a bag. Now, if you got a bag, I have compassion on you. But I didn't want a bag. And you're not going to be able to eat. You're going to be eating. You're going to be eating through something to have to stick in your shoulder or stick in your stomach. And you know what? I got up out my bed, and I had all these tubes tied to me, and they were all a little rolling cart. I rolled that cart back and forth. I had to, I had to you know, put my, put my robe to because my hind is showing. <laughs> and I'm walking steady around the room. Father God, thank you. And I quoted every verse I knew about healing. It will diligent, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and keep all of his commandments and statutes. I will allow none of these diseases upon you which I've allowed to come upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your physician. Exodus 23, 25, and he will bless your bread and water and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Deuteronomy 7, 15, and I will take all sickness away from you and all of the evil diseases of Egypt, they will not come upon you. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. Lord, you're healing all of my diseases, thank you. Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them. 
from their destruction. Psalm 105, 37, he sent them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Proverbs 4, 20, my son, attend to my words. Climb your ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health and medicine to all of your flesh. Surely he's borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his wounds we are healed. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the the devil for God was with him whose own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed and y'all went back and forth back and forth across that room first hour second hour Susan she's over there sleeping <laughs> and I'm fighting how do you fight your spiritual battles you don't fight them by saying, oh, Jesus, please help me. I'm going to die if you don't help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, God, oh, God, why'd you let this happen to me? No, you fight your battles by standing with God's word. And you let it come out your mouth. I fought that battle and I won. And I'm okay. And that's how you fight them. I've had lots of physical, but you know, probably shouldn't tell you, but I had COVID in February 2020. That's before COVID. That's when COVID was the flu. Okay. That's when it was the flu, all right? I just got to say it. I call it what it is. And, uh, but I had some pretty tough nights. It was, it was a tough virus. And uh, along with that virus came depression. Y'all had that? Thoughts? And I'd get up in the middle of the night, and I'm hacking and wheezing and coughing and snotting and all that. I got out of bed. And, uh, you know, my house is made. I can walk all the way through my entryway. I can, y'all okay? All, right. all the way through my uh, uh, formal dining room, kitchen, breakfast nook, living room, all the way. And I just made a loop, put my robe on, and, uh, and, and, and here's what I did. The same thing I did in the hospital that night in 2000, those nights in 2004. I said, Father, here's what you said. Here's what you said. Father, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. What did Jesus do when the devil came to him? It is written. It is. I just quote scripture. I just quote scripture. Numbers 20. This is in the notes. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? Psalm, Psalm 84, 11. The Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 138, 2. I will worship toward your holy mountain and praise your name for your love and kindness and truth for you have magnified your word even above all of your name. Isaiah 40 verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Isaiah 55 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth God said, it will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Jeremiah 1 12, I watch over my word to perform 
perform it. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Woo! And I said it over and over and over and over and over. And then Matthew 21, 22, all things, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have, Mark eleven twenty four, 24. Luke eleven eight. 8, ask and it'll be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. He that asks to receive, he who seeks finds, and he who knocks, the door is open. John 15 said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, it will be done for you. In that day, John 16, 23, you'll ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Up till this time, you've not asked anything in my name, Jesus said. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. First John 3, 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things pleasing in his sight. And then First John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence we have concerning him. See throwing those on the screen? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions. We've asked of him. See, when you're fighting a faith fight, that's what you do. Now, I can rattle those off because I meditate on those scriptures. And when I wake up at night, when I wake up at night, every time, every time, the devil hates for me to wake up at night because I'm just going to meditate on the word. I'm just going to let it fly, boy. And then during the day, sometimes I cut everything off in my truck, anything's talking, and I'm just doing what I just did, out loud, out loud. Uh, You know, sometimes I'm, I'm just, you know, Sometimes Susan wants me to go shopping with her. Oh, the fun. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, guess what I'm doing? I, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to meditate a while. If you'll take some time every day to meditate, meditate's doing just what I did, but slow it down. I did it fast because we got to stop. But I slow it down. I just chew it up real good. Because that keeps your faith built up. It keeps your mind off your problem and on the answer. It puts your mind on the power of God, not on the power of the enemy or the flesh or the circumstance around you. And if you can keep the word built up inside you, I don't care what comes against you, you'll make it in life. The church I started as a close, this is my first closing. I am stopping. There was a lady, uh, her, uh, her name was Janice. You know Janice, Susan. Her husband uh, was a well-to-do man. I didn't know you could make a lot of money on auto parts, but he, he bought dilapidated uh, cars that had been wrecked and sold the parts, and he was a wealthy man. Anyway, she had a lot of faith, and, and uh, she told me quite a few stories. Once she told me, one story she told me, she got either is pancreatic cancer or liver cancer. And uh, she said she got down where she's flat on her back in the hospital. They had tubes up every orifice of her body. And she said, Pastor, I was laying there. And all I would say is, I believe I received my healing. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sickness. I believe I'm healed. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you'll have. I believe that I received my healing. And she said, Pastor, I was so weak, I got down to where I couldn't hardly talk. I whispered it. I believe. I receive. I believe. And y'all, she got completely healed, 100%. And, you know, the truth is, I was at a meeting in Gatlinburg, Tennessee a few years ago, walked into a, y'all like steak? I went to a steak restaurant uh, and uh, walked in there, sat down, and they were right there. 
I said, well, looky, looky, you're still alive. And she was still alive all those years later. I'm telling you, God's word, will, and I sat down and ate with her. God's word will work for you. How many hear me? I have a question as we close. Are you committed to God's word? Have you committed to it? If you're not, you're just playing. And the enemy knows if you're playing. Don't be blaming God when, when challenges come and you don't, if you don't make it. Look back. Search yourself, right? Now, in my notes, I've got the scriptures. I, I'd go, I, I've just got the ones on faith and prayer. I've got a bunch of in my, my book, the back, that last chapter in book, all these scriptures are in there and more. If you'll meditate on the word, get it in you, it'll change your life. You won't be afraid of anything that comes. How many hear what I just said? And you'll have the same thoughts, the same circumstances, the same issues that everybody else comes. The difference is what's inside of you. The, the thing's going to make the difference in your future and mine as we go into these days just before Jesus comes back is what we have inside of us. How many hear me? Best thing you'll ever do for yourself, if you love your family, if you love your children, if you love your wife, if you love your grandchildren, get the Word of God inside you because it'll change you. Come on, lift your hands up. Thank you for your Word, Father. Your promises are amazing. <laughs> They're yes and amen. Woo! <laughs> God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs>